0: Are we going to be okay? I'm not always sure. We live in a world where men can just get up and and just go to work and then suddenly die. We live in a world where relationships are seemingly constantly in danger. I mean, so much can come between us and the people who we love most in this world. And then we hear in the book of Revelation that the greatest dangers we face are not those physical dangers or relational dangers. They're spiritual dangers. We just heard last week that the devil is not only real, but that he really has infiltrated every society. And he's pressuring and punishing, especially the people who love God. Are we going to be okay? Even in small town America. Where churches. Are not necessarily safe places. Because more and more are adopting beliefs. That are more in line with. This devil dominated world than. With the Bible. We're surrounded by dangers. Are we going to be okay? Revelation 14 answers that question. And what we're going to see is. Whether you. Are someone who's going to be okay. Depends on who you are. Would you stand with me as we read Revelation 14, 1 through 5? Something you need to know about this section of Revelation is we're being told all of history through seven biographies. Seven biographies. We've already heard the biography of the dragon, the biography of the woman, the biography of the beast, and the false false prophet, we have three more, and they come to us in Revelation 14, where we hear about the 144,000, the angelic gospel preachers, and a sickle-swinging son of man. Today, we're listening to the biography of the 144,000. Hear it now in Revelation 14. Then I looked And behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder, The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the hundred and forty four thousand who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins It is these who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as firstfruits for God and the lamb. And in their mouth, no lie was found, for they are blameless. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Last week's title, when we were looking at the devil's beasts, was, this is no time to relax. And this week, the title of the sermon is, this is no time to panic. This is no time to panic if you are one of the 144,000. Let me give you the sermon in a sentence. All who stay close should stay calm. Here's what Revelation 14, 1 through 5 is teaching us all together. All who stay close should stay calm. Revelation 14, verses 1 through 5 is giving us three descriptions of this one group who stays calm when everyone else should panic. Whenever the devil is infiltrating the whole world and is taking over with great power and persuasion, there is one group who should stay calm. And we see them, first of all, in verse 1, not panicking because all who stay close will stand. Beloved, if you find yourself among the 144,000, you don't need to panic because all who stay close will ...will stand. Revelation is a wonderful book in the Bible. It's so special. Uh, it, 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 it's like a movie. And, and like a good movie, it is really tense at certain points. And this is one of those points. And uh, just to help you understand what's going on... ...I just want you to imagine that movie you saw with Godzilla. Think about Godzilla... Where he's just about to wipe out Japan. And then all of a sudden, the camera angle changes and then you see King Kong. Who's taking a stand against Godzilla. That's exactly what's happening here. Look look back with me at the end of chapter 12. Just real quick. At the end of chapter 12, verse 17. Look who's there. The dragon is the one who's standing on the sand of the sea. He's on the beach, and he's there to make war on God's people. And then we come to chapter 14, verse 1. The camera finds the dragon's, the the devil's nemesis, standing somewhere else. We see the one, the only one who can possibly beat the dragon, the lamb. And he's taking his stand. Now, this will make an eternal difference for you. If you can understand the significance that the lamb is standing. What I mean is that lambs don't do certain things in the Bible. They don't stand. They lie down dead. Because lambs in the Bible are sacrifices. But this lamb. The Lord Jesus, who was a sacrifice and who did die, is now standing. Amen. I want you to see just how important this is, because Revelation is telling us the dragon is loose, and he's tearing through our world. And the right question is, can anyone be okay? Chapter 14, verse 1, the lamb is. Godzilla, King Kong, the dragon, and the lamb. And if the lamb has already conquered death, I wonder if you know anyone who can do that. The lamb has already done the impossible. What trouble will the dragon be for him? And you might say, well, hold up. That's fine for the lamb. But what about me? I think I'm going to have a little bit of trouble with that dragon. And I would, too. Are we going to be okay? Well, it depends on who you are. Because verse 1 says, I looked and behold on Mount Zion stood the Lamb and with him the 144,000. Whoever stays close can stay calm. Whoever stays close, here it is, To the lamb is also standing with him. You have to be the 144,000. They're the ones who are calm because they stand with the lamb. They're not shaking in their boots when they see that dragon and all that he's doing. They're the 144,000. And we've seen the 144,000 already in the book of Revelation. And I'm not going to get into this all that much. You can go back to Revelation 7 and that sermon to hear more of the explanation there. But I do want to remind you, the book of Revelation is teaching through pictures and symbols. The numbers here are symbolic. There are not really only 144,000 people who are going to be safe from the dragon. There aren't only 144,000 people who are calm because they're close to the Lamb. 144,000 is a mathematical sum. It's 12 times 12 times 1,000. It's 12, which is the number of God's people. The number, first, of the tribes of Israel. That number, the fullness of God's people times the fullness of God's people, 12 times the multitude of God's people, 1,000. What the 144,000 is a reference to is all of God's people. They're all standing there and they're all just fine. The 144,000 is the full number of each and every person who has taken their stand. And who stays close to Jesus because he is their only hope. He is our only hope. And all who stay close will stand, beloved. Now, many should panic. And maybe some in here should panic. About that mark of the beast we just heard about. In Revelation 13. But not the 144,000. They stay calm because they have a mark of their own. Look at the end of verse 1. The 144,000 have the Lamb's name and the Father's name marked on their foreheads. It's like a. It's like a brand, it's like a a seal on our heads if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. The 144,000 are those people we heard about last week in chapter 13 and verse 8, remember whose, their names were, were written in the book that includes the names of every single individual that God has chosen to give life to from the blood of the Lamb. So what this is saying is, Our names are in heaven and his names are his names are on us. We are totally safe if we are trusting in Christ. Christian, I wonder if you're ever tempted to panic. And I mean specifically when you feel spiritual danger. when you sin so much and you sin really badly. I wonder if I'm alone and sometimes being tempted to panic because I, do Do, do you hurt a lot of people? and Dishonor God you ever feel like you are such an easy target for the devil? What this is telling us is just stay close to Christ. There can be danger all around, and yet all who stay close will stand because of who they are with. And because of who they are, God's chosen and precise people. And because of what they have, they're going to stand. They, they have the mark of God on their foreheads. And also notice it's because of where they are. And they can have total confidence that they're going to stand. They are there on Mount Zion, which is heaven. So I hope this can be an encouragement to you. It is not just the best Christians. The good Christians. The people who get leadership positions in churches. The ones who have more respectable kinds of struggles. The ones who have an easier path. It's not just those people who stand. It is the 144,000 who stand. Which is to say it's all believers. And that means it's you, Christian. If you are standing with Jesus now, you will stand with Him in heaven. We are almost home. All who stay close should stay calm. Verse 1 is encouraging believers. Don't panic. Because our future is absolutely certain. And verses two and three give us this different perspective of what we'll also be doing in heaven. And it calls us again, don't panic. Amidst all the dangers out there, don't panic. Because all who stay close will sing. All who stay close will sing. I wonder if you've ever wondered, why do churches do what they do? I recognize I'm asking that question. I make decisions about what we do as a church. Have you ever wondered, why does Ryan lead us to do this kind of thing? Why do the elders do this kind of thing? Why is it specifically that we sing so very much? If you think about it, just step back from all your experience in church and think about it. It's a weird thing that we sing so much. I mean, don't you think it'd be weird if you walked up into the produce section of Walmart, you know, and like a band comes out and they expect you to sing about the veggies. So, you know, whatever. It's weird. But you come to church And we say, all right, let's all stand together and sing. Why do we sing so much? Well, the Bible says that singing is one way we worship him, worship the Lord. And it's right here in our passage in verses two and three. All who stay close to the lamb, look there, they're going to end up. Away from all the dangers of this world. And they're going to end up. Look at God's very throne. In heaven. And harps are going to play. And the 144,000. Will sing. And they're singing. All of them. With one voice. And beloved. They are singing loudly. Because the. The. The voice that is heard, the one voice from all those who are singing that is heard is, is like the roar of many waters. It is like loud thunder. It's a loud singing. But we should take in how weird this is. I mean, It, it reminds me of the first time that I ate dinner with Kelly's family in Colorado. Uh, we were we were dating. I was I was meeting them uh, for the first time, and we were sitting down to a meal. And when it came time to pray before the meal, they all I'm like closing my eyes about to pray, and they all burst into the song together. <laughs> this is this is the kind of family she's born out of, um, and I had no idea what they were doing. I had no idea what the words were. And now that Kelly's not in the room, I don't mind telling you. I think she could have given me a heads up on this. I mean, you know, maybe I wanted to sing along that day. Well, Revelation 14 says not everyone's going to sing. Because not everyone knows the words. But verse, 13, verse 3, look there, it, it does say every single one in the 144,000, they learn the song. Every one of them. These are the ones who've been redeemed from the world. Singing the new song is not weird for the redeemed. Y'all need to catch up with me. Uh, Singing is where our joy gets out. We, the redeemed, we sing loudly. Because the words of the song happen to us. It's the redeemed who learn the song. This is our song. God's own Son left home for us, for us who have sinned so greatly against Him. He came and he died on a painful and shameful cross for us. This is our song. These are the words that happen to us. And this is why we sing so loudly. We, because we we know what it means that we... Get to come close to God. We we're actually going to end up there. We are going to be there at the throne of God and we're going to be before him and we're going to sing our song. We get to stay close to God. Yes, we do. Because we have a redeemer and he shed his blood that took away all that could ever keep us away we come close and we stay close. This is our song, beloved. And you know what to do when your song comes on. We all know. If you're a woman. At least. And your song comes on. I mean, like it's America's got talent or something. You try to get that golden ticket or whatever. And you two men, when your song comes on, you stand up and then you drive your hands in your pockets, and you maybe sway, and you're going to mouth the words silently, at least in church. We let the pastor pick at us a bit. Staying calm does not mean staying quiet. And I know you got it in you. (laughs) I know you do. I'm the father of five kids. I want to bring the kids in just for a smidge. And I'm not just talking about my kids. I know all of you got it in you. And I'm just going to prove it to you with an example from kids. They know how to sing. You know it and I know it. I can prove it in just two words. It's calm. No? I've only got a couple people <laughs> who understood that. Y'all know. Don't, don't be leaving me up here <laughs> like that. Okay. Uh, then let me try the adults. I was more confident about the, <laughs> the first one. <laughs> It's corn. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, it's corn. Yeah. You start singing it's corn and, and they'll, they won't shut up about the juice or the butter. You know. Um, adults. Neil Diamond starts playing Sweet Caroline. I'm guessing you're going to do something. Thank you. Thank you. Look. I obviously don't have the best range, Um, but Redeemer Church is—it's not about having the best range. The reality is, we've got no better reason to sing. We know how deserving we are of God's awful eternal wrath. We're not the people who make light of His holiness. We're not the people who believe he's not ever going to judge. We know what we deserve. And we believe. That because of Jesus. We get God's love instead. And so our hearts are so full, we just have to sing. And that means, listen, if you don't know the Lord Jesus or you've been living apart from him, I want you to know you are in big trouble. Because the devil's already got you and, and God's wrath is coming. But there's still room and the 144,000 for you. And you can learn the song that we sing. You can be redeemed by the, our Jesus' blood and all your sins. Every one can be washed clean if you trust Him and turn from ignoring Him. Well, it's not just that All who stay close will sing and all who stay close will stand. But in verse four, there's a shift that happens in our passage where it moves from a future kind of description of who we are and what we'll experience to then what is presently true about us. You see this in the in the present tense verbs. They are this way. And and the the message that comes to us is don't panic because all who stay close are currently set apart. That's in verses four and five. All who stay close are set apart. Here, staying close means staying away, at least from Others, it, it means uh, being set apart. I want to, just want to show you this briefly. Staying close to Jesus means staying away from, verse 4, women. Now, I'm going to explain that in a bit. Hang on. Um, it, it means staying close to Jesus means staying away from, also in verse 4, mankind. It, it means in verse 5, staying away from lies. Okay. In the biography of the 144,000, this is the current chapter we're in. This is what is true about our lives right now. Believers are set apart in three ways. Number one, there's this is no time to panic if you're the 144,000 because all who stay close are pure. Pure. Look again in verse 4. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. Now, this is not saying you have to be a virgin physically to go to heaven. In the Old Testament, adultery was used as a symbol of cheating on God of being unfaithful to God. So when people did that, they were called adulterers. And and the Old Testament, if you remember, it's the key to unlocking the book of Revelation. In Revelation, purity, like we have here in verse 4, is always a reference to spiritual faithfulness. Sometimes it's a reference to sexual faithfulness. But here, like always, it's a reference to spiritual faithfulness. So, This is encouraging us to stay close to Jesus by staying pure. By purely trusting in him, by only trusting in him, by not giving our trust and dividing it to anyone else, by not treating anything or anyone else like it's more important than him. If you're someone who believes what he says because he said it, if you're not. If you're not arguing with the Lord Jesus, but you believe His words, then then you are a virgin in this sense, and and your groom is going to bring you to His wedding feast at the end of the book of, Re- the book of Revelation. There's a second way, though, that all who stay calm are set apart. We we are to be obedient, not just pure. But obedient, again in verse 4, it is these who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Beloved, when danger surrounds you, if you want to stay calm, stay close. Stay close. Jesus. The way that Ruth stayed close to Naomi. Y'all remember when she was facing danger and hunger, Ruth said, wherever you go, I will go. And your people will be my people. And this is what Jesus said, my sheep Know my voice and they follow me wherever I go. And he meant they do whatever I say. So if you want to stay calm, you have to stay away from the ways of the world. Christians are to live differently. Because we're staying right behind Jesus. Whatever he does, we do. Wherever he goes, we go. And if you do that, there is no need to panic, no matter how bad things get. His people, are, well, there are people, too. And we're almost home. Now, I don't know at this point when I lay out this all who stay close or set apart by being pure and obedient. I don't know how you feel like you're doing. In pure devotion to the Lord Jesus, and obeying wherever Jesus goes. But this this is why it's such a gift to have a church. Because if you will get to know God's people, and you will let them know you, they can help you. We can help one another to see. Look, we're not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect, but I can see in you real devotion to him and I can see in you a trajectory of obedience. You are safe. You are set apart. So. Again, commit yourself to a people. We would love to be that people. But even if you're still concerned. Let this last description comfort you. This is no time to panic. Since number three, all who stay close are bought. Bought by God. Look again in verse four. These. These who stand. These who will sing. These are pure they are obedient and these have been bought redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the lamb and in their mouth no lie was found for they are blameless redeemed from this mankind this world that follows the devil that it's the language of being picked out It's like when a farmer takes the first fruits for himself. And that's what it says here. God is saying, I keep the first and the best for me. I've bought you. You're mine. And no lasting danger will ever come to you. But then he describes being bought from mankind as in this other way at the The end of the passage, no lie is found in them. No lie is found in their mouth. It's like if you search their hearts, even. You couldn't find any lies that they're believing. All who stay close to Christ. Listen to me. Hearing the truth must always be a priority for us. Because there's all kinds of lies out there and there can't be any of them that we're believing To be blameless in verse five is is to not have a lie that you're believing. It's to not be deceived by the devil or right before this, the false prophets. To not be deceived into turning from God. This is such good news. Listen to me. He calls us blameless. Listen, this is such good news. God will not blame anyone. Who believes in his son. Blameless. All who stay close. Should stay calm. There was. Talk this Thursday of a tornado. And if you took that seriously. You did what everyone knows to do. What matters most. In a tornado is where you are. So you get your family home, you get in the center of the home or the bathtub or whatever, you put that mattress over you. So that you can be okay even when the danger comes. Right before Revelation fourteen one through five, there are the deadly forces of evil. We need to know it gets worse right after. In verses 6 and following, it's the wrath of Almighty God that's coming. Deadly forces of evil in front. The holy wrath of God behind. I've heard that in the eye of a tornado, it's perfectly calm. And the 144,000, they're surrounded by danger, but they stay close and they have no reason to panic. So it turns out, whether you're going to be okay depends not only on who you are, but on where you are. Stay close. Stay calm. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would take this word and and that you would cause us to believe it and, and believing it draw closer and closer to the Lord Jesus. And as we're with him, may we never panic, but totally rest that he has us and he will keep us. So give us grace to stick close to him